Think about the last few interactions you've had with neighbors, coworkers, cashiers, delivery drivers, or fellow motorists. Okay, now let me ask you this. If those people knew you were a Christian, what would be their impression of Christianity? Does your life attract people or turn them off? The reputation of God's people in the world affects the way people view God. Stephen called this lesson enhancing God's reputation. I read a newspaper article some years ago that reported on a man who died at his desk in an office area shared with 23 co-workers. His head was resting on his arms there at his desk and everybody thought he was taking a nap. But if you can imagine it, he remained there for five days before someone finally checked on him and discovered he had died. You know, it makes me think of the fact that it's possible for professing Christians and even churches to be a lot like that man. They're at their desk, so to speak, but they are without any genuine spiritual life. It looks like they're spiritually engaged, but in reality, they are spiritually dead. Well, as Romans unfolds here in this this letter, Paul addresses three categories of people. In chapter 1, the immoral person who is condemned before God. Chapter 2, the moral person who also lacks genuine spiritual life. Well, now beginning here in chapter 2 and verse 17, Paul addresses the religious person, specifically the devout Jewish person who believes he's safe in his standing before God. Well, Paul's going to set the record straight. See, Paul has been a devout young Jewish man himself, and here he gives a list of six reasons why the devout Jew felt safe from God's judgment and why they looked to everybody else to be fully alive and right with God. Well, first, Paul says here in verse 17, you call yourself a Jew. Now, By the way, before we go any further, the name Jew comes from the tribal name of Judah. They thought they were safe because they descended from the right family tree, the right tribe. Well, secondly, Paul says here that the devout Jews rely on the law. They felt safe because of their dedication to God's law. They had a copy of it on the coffee table, so to speak. Well, I know people who have a copy of the Bible today on their coffee table, but they have no relationship with the author of the Bible. The Bible is just, you know, uh, it's a prop. It's a good luck charm for them. Well, let me tell you, it's not a good luck charm at all. Well, third, the Jewish people, we're told here, felt they were safe with God because they boasted in God. In other words, they took pride that Yahweh was their God and they were his chosen people. Fourth, now here in verse 18, Paul indicates faithful Jews felt eternally safe because they knew God's will. The word will here refers to the will of God revealed throughout the scriptures. Israel knew the Bible, and they knew the Bible said that they had a special covenant with God. They knew the roots of of their heritage and what God intended for them to become, that they were supposed to be a, a blessing to all the nations of the entire world. They they knew all about God's will for them. But let me tell you, there's a big difference between knowing God's will 
and doing God's will, which they were not. Well, fifth, the Jews felt safe because of their insight. Paul says here that they approve what is excellent. The Greek term here for approve literally means to put to the test. See, the Jewish nation prided themselves in testing philosophies and religions and worldviews. They assumed they knew what was truly essential, excellent for life. Well, Paul's going to point out that they missed the major point in life, and that is walking in joyful relationship and obedience with God. Well, finally, number six here, they thought that they were safe because of their biblical education. They were, Paul writes, well instructed from the law, that is the Old Testament. In other words, they got an A plus on every Old Testament survey class or test that they had to take. So these devout Jews are saying, look, we've got the right family name. We've got the law of God. We acknowledge that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the only true God. We have insight and knowledge, and we've graduated from Bible college with a straight-A grade point average. Well, to their surprise, Paul tells them here that they are not safe at all with God. And let me tell you, beloved, uh, the warning here is for everyone today, Jew and Gentile. It's possible for religious exercises to touch your mind without ever changing your heart. It's possible to be emotionally moved by some religious experience without ever being spiritually awakened by the Savior. It's possible to be religious and not redeemed. There are a lot of people who are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. That is, they believed in their mind certain truths about God and the Bible, but they, they never gave God their hearts just about 18 inches lower. (laughs) They owned a Bible, but the Bible did not own them. Uh, They were going to live their lives like they wanted. I know a lot of people like that today. Well, Paul goes on here to add that the devout unbelievers quick to tell everybody else how they should live their lives. Paul writes here in verse 19, you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind. In other words, they thought they were God's gift to all those unenlightened people out there. Paul says further here in verse 19, they thought of themselves as a light to those who are in darkness. The truth is, because the Jewish nation, as well as the Gentile world, rejected the Messiah, the true light of the world, well, they tried to turn out that light rather than lead people into the light, which is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So these religious individuals tried to present themselves as the standard of of morality, and Paul describes them as thinking that here in verse 20, they are an instructor of the foolish. Instructor here can be translated corrector. We, We might think of this person as the referee who blows the whistle when somebody goes out of bounds. Well, these self-righteous people are going around blowing the whistle. They're they're telling everybody where they're wrong, while they themselves are out of bounds. See, the truth is they had created their own game. They had they'd made up their own rules, and they considered their rules more important than a true relationship with God. Well, Paul sort of blows the whistle on all of them. He says here in verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, 
do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? No, the truth is, and Paul's pointing this out, they had broken the rules of righteous living. They were sinners, unrepentant sinners, just like everybody else. Now, this particular phrase here of robbing temples is more than likely a reference to Jewish people melting down pagan idols and using the gold and silver for their own bank accounts, even though they taught that contact with idols was defiling. So these people were proving that money was more important to them than a right standing with God. Well, now that Paul has exposed the true condition of these devout but unsaved, unredeemed Jewish people, he goes on now to deliver the verdict from God. Here it is. First, they're guilty of ruining their own reputation. Paul writes here in verse 23, you who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. Now, you need to understand that back in Paul's day, certain rabbis were teaching that the Jews were safe from God's judgment if they had a copy of the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Old Testament. In other words, they they didn't have to obey it. They just had to own a copy of it. But their, their hypocrisy was ruining their own reputation. But that wasn't all. Because they violated the law of God, they were ruining the reputation of God. See, their, their disregard for God's law was a declaration that God must, well, he must not be that significant after all. Let me tell you, if you don't take the Bible seriously, the world will never take God seriously. And that's essentially what Paul is saying here. In fact, he quotes from the prophet Isaiah here in verse 24. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So Paul is writing, not only does your hypocrisy and sinful lifestyle make a mess of your own reputation, it ruins God's reputation as well. Have you ever thought about the fact that the reputation of God depends on your personal reputation. The greatest obstacle to Christianity just might be hypocritical Christians. See, you can talk all you want about what you believe or how many Bibles you own, how often you go to church. The world doesn't care about your Bible or your church attendance or or even what you believe. They're watching how you behave. Your actions at work, your reactions to people, decisions, lifestyles, all of that shapes your reputation, but not just yours. God's reputation is at stake as well. So here's what we ought to do. Let's behave in such a way that we improve the reputation of God in our world today. Let's behave in a way that matches what we say we believe. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson Enhancing God's Reputation. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. He launched this ministry out of a desire to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means, 
and apply it to your life. Over the years, we've launched Bible teaching resources in nine languages. Learn more at wisdomonline.org. Stephen is also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. That school is training pastors and other church leaders for a lifetime of faithful service. Shepherd's is a fully accredited graduate school offering a variety of degrees. If you or someone you know is interested in theological training, I encourage you to consider Shepherd's. If you'd like to schedule a visit or talk with someone from the school, you'll find information at wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. That's wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. Visit there today. Thanks again for listening. Please join us back here again to continue traveling along the wisdom journey.